Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is your host, Sophia Renea Morales, and today I'm here with an amazing guest, Erin Koop. But before I introduce her, I would like to invite you to get to know your own self a little bit better. I talk to a lot of people as they're on their journeys of waking up and moving into their purpose, and I find that it's not uncommon that we don't really know what it is. We feel that there is one really intensely, but it's really hard sometimes to see your own purpose. And this is why I went ahead and created the what I call the superpower quiz. It allows you to kind of look in the mirror and get another perspective on who you are and what you're about. It takes about 60 seconds, so go out to superpowerquiz.us and get to know your own self a little bit better. And on that note, I'm going to shift back to our guest for today. Erin Koop is the founder of Authentically EC. She's a writer, facilitator, and executive whose passion is to help people live better lives by guiding them to self-actualization. Her clients range from high-powered corporate executives to members of global associations to staff and athletics at major universities. Her 17-plus years in three global corporations, including years at Goldman Sachs, brings grounded, credible, and pragmatic approach to guiding people forward. Her progressive studies in neuroscience for business, human energetics, and transformational inner work thoughtfully provokes and inspires audiences to cultivate a deeper relationship inward. Through storytelling, unique insights and real-life application of her learning and wisdom, Erin shares possibilities of better ways of being and leading in the modern world. As a widely recognized thought leader of whole, well-being, and authentic leadership, her positive impact on people, culture, and collective mindset is welcomed by organizations globally, whether tailoring and facilitating leadership programs, delivering workshops, keynote speaking, or writing, Erin empowers people to develop emotional awareness, mental agility, and to up-level their inner game. Welcome, Erin. I'm so excited to have you here with me today. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yay. So I'd like to kind of rewind past all of this amazingness that's in your bio. And let, let's go back to the young Erin, the Erin who is much earlier in her life before she came to all these realizations. What was life like for you back then? Well, you know, I think we could easily start as far back as childhood, um, growing up in, in poverty, essentially below the poverty line. Um, you know, I had the unfortunate circumstance of having a father that was terminally ill since I was five. Oh, wow. Until he passed 13 years later. So, you know, really growing up in um, so much financial turmoil and turbulence in the home. Yeah. Um, well, and it's, it's almost like you were raised by a, a single parent, except that you're, you had competition from your dying other parent. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and the other one wasn't really around. So I was a caretaker along with my siblings, you know, because yeah. the other one had to earn money um, to provide basic needs. So, you know, growing up fast is um, an understatement. Yeah. It was uh, growing up at rapid speed, put it that way. Light speed. Here you are deep end of the pond. Go get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's no other options. Right. 
right. Wow, that is, that's a tough childhood. Yeah, yeah, it was tough. And yet, you know, I think that there are so many lessons in all of that, you know, without that adversity, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I always had a belief and always had a notion or a knowing that there was something deeper inside of me and also something deeper that I was here to do on this planet. And I never really knew how that was going to come out or what I was showing up with and when, and I just couldn't ever put it all together. And yet I let my intuition guide me for a pretty long time in those younger years. So I think that's a profound, you know, a profound thing to look back and say, wow, something was guiding me, even though I couldn't really put my finger on it then something was. Or recognize exactly what that guidance specifically was. I know I was quite intuitive as a child as well, until I was stuck in this situation where it's like, if I can't explain it, I just have to to squish it down and deny it. Mm -hmm. So how did that play out for you? Well, you know, I think for me, I never really tried to to ignore it or act like it wasn't there. Um, It actually came out a lot through writing. I always liked to write when I was younger and I was quite artistic. So whether I was drawing or writing, you know, I was being creative. So there was always a, a connection to something within me through that. The other thing was I was fascinated with planets and stars. So I would read so many different books and I I was the kid that would go to the library and spend hours in that section and just get lost in it. So Mm. I was pretty in tune and attuned to that intuition or that deeper wisdom. It was just a matter of really feeling like I don't have the support or the resources around me to be able to really put it into action. And yet all I did is put it into action if I look back on it, you know, but I remember feeling at the time, like, gosh, you know, if, if only I had that family or if only my family were different, you know, like who knows what I could be doing, you know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> Well, we'd always like to think we would go farther if there had been like less resistance. But what I find is strong people don't become strong just by looking at the the weight bench, right? We go out there and we walk through the tough stuff and we move the difficult issues forward. And that's how we become strong. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So how did your journey begin to unfold? How did you kind of become more aware of that intuitive connected part of you and start to purposefully step into that? Well, there were... Definitely a lot of situations or scenarios between childhood and adulthood, you know, and one of the most profound experiences I had was when I was in college and my dad passed away uh, beginning of sophomore year, you know, I was putting myself through school and I was going to a private school that was not too far from where I was raised because there was no money for flights and what have you. Um, But it was far enough that I could live on campus, right? Yeah, exactly. It's it's far enough you have to call me before you show up. Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Um, Which was very important for many reasons. But, you know, I remember, uh, you know, this private school was very expensive. And I remember shortly after my dad passed, um, going back to school, and just kind of having this, this feeling of, yes, deep grief, right, that I was moving through, but also stress. And I could feel in my mind this stress that I was essentially creating around what does the rest of my life now look like? You know, my dad's no longer here, even though he really wasn't able to care for me in the, in the ways that a dad typically could for a child. Yeah. But 
I felt like so lost and so alone all of a sudden. And I remember I set up an appointment with a financial advisor and I just went in and I said, my name's Aaron. I'm here to talk to you about what else I can do to earn money. I already have a work study job. I work every summer. I work Christmas break. I work spring break. Is there anything else that I can be doing? You know, I have straight A's. I'm a 4.0. Like, you know, so I was like trying to have this conversation that took such deep courage, courage like I had never, ever experienced in my life. And money was suddenly being printed on the other side of this massive computer screen that this woman was sitting in front of. I mean, this is in the year 2000. And it was like, you're on the dean's list. There's $3,000 a semester right there. As long as you stay on the dean's list, you'll continue to get this money. And then it was a vision scholarship. And then it was some other academic scholarship. It was all of these scholarships. And I think I walked away with like $30,000 in loans from a $160,000 education. So if I look back at that, that was a pivotal moment because that was a huge step. First of all, having the courage to have that kind of a conversation with a stranger. Yeah, Vulnerability. It was a massive practice. Hard. Yeah. Right? right? A practice in opening my heart to a stranger. And what it also was, was a practice in developing self-confidence. And it was a huge step towards my future path, which I think you, you know from our initial conversation, but I found myself in New York City after college working on Wall Street. You know, so yeah. it was definitely that experience that was really a game changer for me. It, it can be really formative, especially when you're at that young age taking financial responsibility for yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it's not as common as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I know I also put myself through private school yeah. mm-hmm. and um, I can remember having conversations with the people in the financial aid office who are like, but your parents should be, I'm like, but they're not going to. So where do we go from here? <laughs> right. Right. You know, and it can be really hard and really vulnerable. And I can remember digging into, well, there's this program over here mm-hmm. uh, that says that if you're one of your parents' employers, that there'll be a matching grant, this kind of thing. And they're like, yeah, technically exists on paper, but no one's ever managed to make that happen. <laughs> I'm like, tell me what technically exists on paper and I'm going to give it a shot, you know? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's amazing how formative those conversations can be and and how much you can actually walk out with when you're persistent and you continue to dig and and explore the possible possibilities. Right, right, and have the courage to do so. Yeah. So you ended up on Wall Street, which mm-hmm. is not known as the most spiritually connected place mm-hmm. on earth. Tell right. me how that played out. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, moving to New York was a dream that I, um, I made come true. You know, it was one of those things that once again, that wisdom was there just kind of chipping away at me over time to saying, you're going to do this, you know, and I listened and I did it. And I think that's a huge theme in my life too, is just listening to that inner call. Now I lost connection with that for quite a while, you know, definitely wall street was a place where working 16 hours a day, five days a week, you know, really not sleeping because when you leave the office, you eat dinner at 10 o'clock at night and then you have drinks with your friends. And, you know, when you're in your twenties, you're already a volatile person anyways, you know, (laughs) trying to figure everything out and figure yourself out. Um, So for me that the wall street experience was 
very anxiety stricken and very stressful. You know, the, the culture of a Wall Street firm, which they're not all that dissimilar, um, <laughs> is very cutthroat, very competitive. You know, the bottom 10% get cut every year. You're pinned yep. against your peers all the time. It's that kind of environment, which I had not been a part of before, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was a really hard worker and I was a good performer. You know, I was very productive. I was one of the top performers. I had excellent reviews every year, all of those things, right? But it was also the place that, they can never give you number ones, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're never going to get to a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Always. They always got to keep you, you know, just below where you think you are, that kind of thing. Um, and I, and really what really happened is I felt like I disconnected slowly, but surely from who I really am, you know, mm-hmm. because around me, I was sort of being trained to externalize everything about myself to look outside of myself for validation and reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing that and looking around at Ivy leaguers and, you know, legacy Ivy leaguers and, you know, college athletes and like all this stuff. And I was just kind of like, none of this is me. And yet I have a right to be here too. Yeah, exactly. I have something to contribute. Right, right. And, um, and yes, and I was a top performer, but there was always this part of me that just felt like I'm not good enough, you know, and that, I really don't deserve to be here like that. It wasn't imposter syndrome because I, I did see myself fitting in very well with the people around me as a human, but it was definitely that like, am I really good enough? Like I don't have the experience that person has. I don't have the background that person has. So that sort of comparison set in too, which again, all of these things combined, I was just getting more and more distant from my own truth, you know, from my own awareness. Absolutely. And corporate has a tendency to do that, whether it's in New York or whatever other major city you're in. Yeah. There's, there's definitely the, um, the fostering of comparison of you against the next guy. And, and that's how you're measured. Mm-hmm. You know, while there right. are, are, are goals you have to meet, ultimately, when you're reviewed, they compare you against everybody else who's in your same slot. Yeah, no, I, I believe that's true. Yeah. And, you know, Corporate to me, you know, it really depends on the roles you're in and the team and the leadership, right? That too, yeah. The leadership makes many cultures within an organization. And it's really, you know, you're lucky if you get a leader who's self-aware, put it that way. Yeah. Um, oh, oh my God. <laughs> or even aware of the fact that there is, uh, what do I want to say? There is benefit to yeah. not just yourself, but people beyond you. I know I was really blessed in my corporate life that I started in a really amazing corporate culture. And then the rest of it all felt like it was downhill <laughs> because the one I started in believed in in mentorship and, and raising your replacement and sharing of knowledge and this kind of thing. And that's not the culture in all corporations, unfortunately. Yeah, you know, and I think I had the opposite experience. Um, I never really had mentorship in any organization, but what I uh, what I did have is when I went to a smaller company because I resigned from Wall Street at age thirty, when I was also getting married that year, and you know, decided to change my career. And I I worked for a short time at a smaller organization that was commercial architecture, and that's where I really realized, oh, it's okay to just be human and. Yeah. You can have flaws and admit to mistakes. Yes, (laughs) And then shortly after having my babies back to back, a few years later is when I had been recruited into a large organization, again, CBRE. And, and, you know, and yeah, culture, 
culture there was somewhat like Wall Street, but there were also a lot of better leaders in that organization than what I had experienced before. And I think corporate isn't awful. It comes down to the people that you're working with. You know, yes. it comes down to who are you, first of all, who are you reporting to? And secondly, who's around you every day, you know, and mm-hmm. are they bringing their best self? Are they bringing their human skills? Are they self-empowered, you know, yes. or are they the people that do all the things we just talked about? Absolutely. Well, we are up on our first break already. Can you believe it? (laughs) So what I would invite you to do, those who are out there joining us today on the show, grab your pen, grab your piece of paper, and take a look at your work environment. It may or may not be a large corporation. It might be a small company. Um, And look at where are the places where, yes, you are supported and you can be human and make mistakes and grow? And where are the places where you're not? And uh, hang with us. We'll be right back after the break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A dot com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. It's time to unlock some of the best kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We get Guaranteed, it will be the best hour of your week. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I am here with Erin Koop. Before we went to break, we were talking about her trip into New York corporate waters. And... um, We'd gotten to the point where you were headed back into corporate waters again. You just had your kids. Was there something that happened that that started you on a path of reconnecting to your authenticity? Yeah, definitely. You know, there was, after giving birth, you know, to two children again, back back to back a year apart, (laughs) there was so much chaos in life, right? Because all of a sudden I'm responsible for these two humans that I, you know, not only have to keep alive, but, you know, nurture. I I was commuting 10 hours, you know, a week and also working 40 to 50 hours a week. And 
it just felt like life was all of a sudden so unmanageable. And oh, yeah. it wasn't this place of like despair or depression or hopelessness. It was just this, this notion within me that was like, there must be something more or like, I must not have something figured out, right? Because how yeah. do people all do this, right? Yeah, and it's, it's a lot when you're doing 40 to 50 hours, 10 yeah. hours of commuting, and then young yes. children. <laughs> right, exactly. And so I started to ask questions within and I said out loud one night, sort of not even realizing that I was speaking out loud, but I said out loud to my husband, what's the meaning behind all of this? Like, what is the point of this life that, we all live in society. Like we check these boxes, we do these things, we acquire these things, we have this money or these titles so that we can have kids in a house and whatever, but why? And why, exactly. And, and he was kind of like, are you, are you feeling okay? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always felt like, and are we there yet? Have we done enough of that that now I can get to the important stuff? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. And, you know, and I think what it was for me is that I, I had felt this in my heart and I finally just let the words come out of my mouth without thinking about them. And I was just saying it, you know, and it was like, it just wanted to be out in the ethers. And yeah. once it was out there, I kid you not, but things started to transpire in my life where all of a sudden, within a few weeks time, I'm introduced to new people who are starting to talk about things that are opening my mind and opening my heart in a way that I was like, this is the conversation I've been wanting to have, but yes. I didn't even know I wanted to have it. Right. So there was a lot of saying yes within me, a lot of saying yes to, yes, I'd love to meet that person, you know? And then when that, when I meet that one, yes, I'd love to meet this one, you know? And it was just, yeah, it was well, kind of like a snowball effect. And I, I want to, give you props for saying yes, because a lot of us when we reach this stage of overwhelm, and it's a lot and it feels pointless, we have this tendency to say no, mm -hmm. right, because it's already too much. Right. And so exactly. I love that you said yes, right. even though you were in this overwhelm space. Yes, definitely. You know, and you asked the question earlier, or you maybe you said it in the beginning about kind of that moment in time where we start to realize that there's really something more going on in life. Mm -hmm. And for me, it came about three months after that initial question that I told you, I just said to my husband, I was standing in my uh, master bedroom and there's a chandelier of like 20 bulbs in, you know, in, yeah. in the ceiling. And my two little toddlers are standing right there and my husband's getting their coats on because he's going to take them out to dinner or the park or something. And my friend Julie calls me and she's kind of like, you know, excited, like screaming in my ear. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, like what's going whoa, on? What is this? <laughs> and she says, we won. We won. Oh, goody. So what'd you just, win? <laughs> we had just put our names a week prior in the rings to win a retreat, a mastermind retreat in Bali. Oh, nice. So we were picked. We were selected. <gasps> and I kid you not, but I immediately had the battle of the heart and the head happening, the devil and the angel. Oh, yeah, because there's this voice over here going, you have young children and responsibilities and blah, exactly. blah, 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 blah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. And then there's this other one saying, this is meant for you. You deserve this. This was sent to you. This is your destiny. 
This is the important step in your purpose. Right. And that entire chandelier for for about 10 seconds, every bulb was flickering, like like synchronous. Yeah. That had never happened before. And it never happened after that. And my husband was standing there watching it with me. And he was like, so he sees me on the phone, hears me, (laughs) and he sees this happening. And he's kind of like, this is like an episode of Stranger Things, you know? (laughs) So that was, that to me was a big, just a really big sign. Absolutely. So how did you resolve the, the push and pull that happens between the you have responsibilities, blah, blah, blah voice and the I know that I'm meant for this voice? Because I know a lot of us end up in that situation. It's not always easy. No, and I think a lot of people end up listening to the the darker voice, the heavier one, the inner critic, you know, and um, and I listened to it all the way up until I left three weeks later for that that plane ride to Bali. Um, I literally ran myself to the ground for three weeks. I I believed getting ready, <laughs> right? And I believed that the more that I do and prepare and make sure that everything is perfectly, you know cared for and covered while I'm away, the less guilt I'll feel by actually going on the trip. And in between there, there was also the, am I really saying yes to this? Am I really saying yes? And of course, you know, I, once I booked my plane ticket, yeah, I, I said yes, you know, because that's yeah, all I for. I spent the money, now I'm right. going. <laughs> right. Um, but I ran myself down so much in that, you know, that disbelief and that over-preparing that I can actually go to the other side of the world for a week and take a vacation from my life that I fainted twice on the airplane on the way over. Oh no. And so there was that voice again, you know, I told you not to go, mm-hmm. told you this is irresponsible of you, you know, yeah. something look, bad at, look, at, look at what you did right. in order to get to this point. Yeah. Exactly. And ultimately, you know, being on that trip, so many of the women that were there on that retreat were there to grow and to evolve and to be better versions of who they are. And I was like, just completely depleted as I was there, you know, and I honestly have the days were like, what am I doing here? Because I was so depleted, you know, and I had been, I described part of my past to you, but that people pleaser, that caretaker, that provider, that, you know, kind of everything for everyone at the expense of myself for so long. Yeah, that um, that superwoman cape is yeah. really seductive. Yeah, right, right, and that like, yeah, that that superwoman that like, you know, I can I can handle anything and I can take it all on, and you know, I'll figure out how to do it all well, and that's just not reality, you know. And so that that was a real mindset shift, and I believe what happened on that airplane is that my reality was shifted, you know, because mm. if I would have kept on that other path that I was already on that eventually would have been the path of self-destruction. If yeah, I did, there's an implosion at the end of that one. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. So, you know, I was changing course by saying yes, even though I had no idea what I was getting myself into. And meanwhile, I was also being redirected. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I think we have these moments of contrast that arrive for us so that we're aware of what the consequences are of the two choices that are in front of us. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds to me like you had one of those moments. It's like, here's your preview of what happens if you go down this people pleasing, do all the things, be all the things for everybody road and what it means if you look out for yourself and look out for your own needs first 
and allow other people to be to take more responsibility, if you will, for right. their own stuff. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. That's beautiful. So when did the moment of realization arrive for you that there is this like really clear choice that you were having to make? Was it on the plane or was it after the retreat? No, it was after the retreat. Yeah. Um, you know, the retreat was significant in the the story I shared with you leading up to it. And then, and it was a beautiful retreat, but the real learning experiences came after because I learned about self-work over there. And when I got back, I really started to do some deep work. Yeah. Now I had been meditating for quite a few years and I had been practicing some mindfulness by books I read. All of that I had found at age 30 to manage anxiety, you know? Yeah. So this is, you know, this is six years later that I was on this journey now. And the deep work started to entail, you know, yes, energy work and learning Reiki so I could heal myself and things like that. But it was also learning about things like limiting beliefs and how had I been, you know, living within limitation in my own mind, you know, and starting to unravel some of that. And then, um, you know, feeling my emotions and being with them rather than numbing them or worse yet, project them on, onto my husband, right? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> getting very real with myself. Like that deep work was the transformation in itself. Yeah. Absolutely. And it took time. You know? It does. Yeah. So you returned from this retreat. How did you keep yourself from falling back into those old patterns when you get back to quote unquote real life? I love that question because I know how hard it is to make this time and create this space for yourself, you know, because we only have 24 hours in a day. No one gets more time than that, right? Yeah. And for me with the toddlers and the job and the commute and all of that stuff, 5.15 in the morning, Monday through Thursday, is when I, I woke, no matter what time I went to sleep. I removed things like Netflix and wine. Most nights, I still had fun with those because I enjoy those, right? Oh, yeah. But, but many nights, I was replacing those with reading or with journaling. Mm. And that was a huge value add in my life. And it was also allowing me to be introspective and connect more inward. Um, mm. Even things like, you know, an appointment with like an energy healer or a Reiki teacher. You know, if I wanted to do that at one o'clock on a Friday... I built my schedule for work around that. And I started so you to make that happen. Yes. 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 You know, I, I was fortunate to have a role where I was fairly autonomous in the work I was doing and was also very productive. Right. So I could figure out how to maneuver things in my schedule so that it worked for me. And, yeah. and I think that was the biggest thing, to be honest, was starting to prioritize myself more was my number one, it was like the thing that I'd always put last, I was starting to put first. Nice. Yeah. That and it, it makes a difference when Absolutely. you can take the thing that was last and put it at the top. Yeah. I, I know I had my own personal journey of learning to put myself first. And uh, I learned it actually first on the money side of things, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. initially when I was learning to manage my finances and this sort of thing, uh, savings was at the bottom, which is the wrong way to do it. There will never be money left over to put into savings. It had to go to the top of the list, and then you figure out the rest of it from there. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I have to say, too, you know, things like, like my husband was very supportive, but that also took time. You know, it's not yeah. like I come back from a retreat and I'm like, hey, there's these new things I want to work on, and I'm going to be <laughs> spending time with myself a little bit more. Like, it nothing happens like that. Right. So it was, 
slowly having conversations and asking him, can you please take the kids for two hours on Saturday or two hours on Sunday? Because I want to spend some time in meditation. I want to listen to some binaural beats. I want to read a few more chapters and I could really use that space, you know, but a little bubble of yeah just mommy time right and like being vocal about that which was hard because that's not the way I I used to be you know it used to be go 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 Monday to Friday and then it's us all weekend you know yeah all family time all the time (laughs) yeah 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 and I think that's a big thing too as a woman right like realizing that that guilt that I initially felt for that was something I really needed to work through like it was paramount to to replace that guilt to get rid of that guilt because that was draining in and of itself. Let's discuss that guilt because yeah. I know as women, we walk around with piles of it and mommy guilt is only one of those mountains. So what did you do to start to work away from that to defuse that or release that? So a, a big thing was, first of all, being real with myself, right? Like I do feel this. Um, understanding what the underlying fears were that were attached to it. Like Am I, am I feeling guilty because I'm fearful that I seem selfish? Am I fearful that I won't be accepted? Mm -hmm. Am I fearful that I'll be judged? Like what were those fears? And you could say it's a number of things, right? It's not just one, but really starting to understand myself from the inside out and why it is that I allow myself to feel that way. And then how can I transform the way that I'm feeling? Right. Cause we all know we can control our mind, our thoughts, Yep. which then can control our feelings, you know? Exactly. So, well, and a lot of the feelings are spawned out of the story we tell yeah. around a particular set of circumstances. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. So starting to reframe some of those thoughts that were keeping me in that guilt, you know, redirect those thoughts. Even if I couldn't find a positive to redirect it to, make it neutral, you know, just at least yeah. find a neutral. And I that's a, a technique I use with a lot of people. I'm like, doesn't have to be rainbows and unicorns. Just make it yeah, something. Just that, make it's just a fact. It yes. doesn't have any charge attached to it. Exactly. <laughs> I love that because that works so much better than uh, what I want to say. Trying to overcome the resistance to make it into something that is not. Right. Just make it neutral. I love right. that. Yeah. So we're already up on our second break. Can you believe this? <laughs> And those of you who've joined us today, what I'd invite you to do with your pen and your paper on this break that we're having right now is to take a look at the guilts that that are kind of hovering around the edges of your thoughts when you think about, oh, I need time or space to go to yoga class or whatever the thing is that, that you need in your world. Um, spend some time with what are those guilts? What are the fears behind those guilts? And start to pick that fear monster apart. Because I find when you face him, eye to eye, he's not as big and scary as he looked like. And when you really start to break him down, you discover that he's a straw man. And he didn't really have any power over you. So I would invite you to start taking him apart bit by bit and hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. 
find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Leave a quick voice message at 520-261-6827 and let me know. How has the show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That number, 520-261-6827. Thank you so much for your feedback. It's crucial in informing where I take the show next. Thank you and go out and live soul first. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sofia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksofia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here with Erin Koop, and we are discussing uh, how she started to do her own inner transformational work and to find the not just the time space and the physical space, but the emotional space to care for herself and to start living her life more on purpose. So... You started with small things like, hubby, please take the kids for a couple of hours for me. Uh, How did you eventually shift your entire career? Because now transformational work is what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, what happened for me was another one of those yes moments. And I had been feeling this desire or this need to be more authentic in every area of my life, meaning be more true to myself in all areas. And it wasn't like I was purposely showing up not authentic or, you know, disingenuous, but there were definitely parts of me where I kind of felt like, do I need to be this person today? Or do I need to be that person, you know, and just kind of little personality shifts that were that were there, but I was really aware of them. Yeah, we have little mini masks that we put on. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I was becoming so aware of that, that I was like, I'm yearning to just be me. And um, a part of that yearning, I was introduced to someone, once again, the universe was putting people in my path, who has a branding business. And I started to work with her because I was so into what she was doing. And we were working on personal branding. And as a part of that, I started to write articles because she said, you've got a lot of stuff to share. And I, and I said, yeah, I do, but I don't share this stuff. And she said, well, what if you shared it? Like, you should, like you're sharing it with me and like you share it with so many people because I always did one-to-one, but not Not groups or the world at large. Yes. Not one-to-many, right? And so I started to write articles and put them on LinkedIn. And it was about a lot of the things that, um, that happen in our professional lives 
that can place us into things like victimhood or projection of our emotions and, you know, essentially distancing us from what we really are and from our truth. Um, And highlighting those and saying like, hey, I've experienced this. I know a lot of people feel this way. Or, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and this is happening in our world. Like this is real. And then giving people pointers or tips on how they can navigate that. And so I was expressing my authentic voice through my writing. That led to speaking engagements. So people were reaching out and saying, hey, this is inspiring stuff. Will you come in and talk to our people? Will you do a lunch and learn? Will you talk at our town hall this month? And then that right there was where the lightning bulbs went off. And it was just like sparks were all over me. It was my soul on fire. And I could not not feel that, you know, it was like a full body. Yes. Every time I was speaking to a group of people. That's awesome. So that was, that was a real pivotal change. And, and from there, along with my continued self-work that I was doing, continued writing, continued public speaking, I was being asked for more everywhere I went. And then I just once again, got real with myself and said, I think I need to create a business around this because this is needed. Yeah. And, and there's a demand for it. So yeah, let's, let's take the hint, right? (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And that hint was, um, you know how it goes, but it was not easy at first, you know, it it was a few years in the making before I actually, you know, gave it the real sort of um, solid attention and focus that it deserved. And uh, I spent about a year kind of, you know, here and there dabbling at nine o'clock at night on what would it be, you know? And yeah, what could it look like? Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I love that. So I know you started doing this transformational work. I know some people are like, I want to do the work and be done with the work. Is that how that works? So not necessarily, right? Because we're always on the journey. You know, I don't think our work's ever done. But I do think from my own experience, there's kind of this phase that we go through where we, we want all the knowledge and we want to just learn and grow and we want to see the change happening. Yeah. And that does, that does happen. You know, the changes do occur. And most of the time it's people outside of us that actually notice first. You yeah, see exactly. Calm. Like, you why are you bothered by this? Like, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, but then there's kind of like a plateau phase where we can go two ways. We can think, oh, I've done enough and I've had a few shifts and I'm good to go. Or we can continue on the journey and realize that there's always more layers to the onion, you know, and, and that we don't know how to navigate everything yet. And that's the path I think I'll always be on because I know that these layers just love to show up at different times and they fascinate me, right? I don't, I'm not in the business of the one and done scenario. You know, early on, I did feel like there was a little bit of that because we were early in the pandemic and companies just wanted to hurry up and help their people with like mindfulness, you know, yes. can you just teach our people mindfulness, mindfulness, and it'll make them better. <laughs> so, and it sort of will, but it's it is not helpful. it. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I, it was really nice to give people tools, but it's not like they're going to be changed people overnight, you know, and we all yeah. know that it comes down to the practice of the tools and actually implementing them in our daily lives that allows them to work with us. You know, yes. it's not just like, oh, I know this tool now and I know it how to meditate and be mindful, but I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so a lot of the work that I that I do, because I also found that the one-offs are just not that rewarding for me. And I 
I don't want to do work that I don't find rewarding, right? Like I'm here for impact with people and the impact that I find rewarding is when I can actually see that people are growing, that they are shifting, that they are becoming more self-empowered, right? So most of my work is at a group level. I do leadership development programs that I, you know, specifically tailor for each team or, you know, each organization, depending on their, you know, where they are, where they need to be or where they want to be. Um, I do some one-to-one work, not a lot, but, you know, a few people at a time, up to about five people at a time is what I work with. It's a wonderful um, size group because you yeah. get to know each other so well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then I do... Um, group work through a private program I created called Authentically You. And that is a five-week virtual program that leaders and executives sign up for. It's a cohort of 15 people per season. So nice. Yeah. 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 Again, a really super nice size group. It is, you know, and that is one where people are accountable week by week and they can all see each other's answers, you know, very vulnerable answers to certain prompts. And and they're sharing how they've used the tools they learned that week and where they came up in their lives. And it's pretty cool because that's not something that people get to experience often in life, you know, being vulnerable with 14 strangers, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Well, and to see someone else work through maybe a similar struggle Right. that you've been going on and see the the solution they arrived at, which might be radically different than anything you've explored previously. Absolutely. Yeah, they all learn a lot from each other and the insights that are shared and, and gained. Yeah, group work is so profoundly powerful. Yeah. Absolutely. So what do you see right now as our biggest hurdle as human beings right now, you know, COVID and all the craziness that's going on in the world? Yeah. Oh, deep question. Um, Polarization by far. I think that that's a, is such a massive hurdle that is, especially in America, going to take, I don't even know what to get over. You know, people need to be way more self-aware so that they can be aware of others and then the broader world around them. But I think people are so uh, divisive in their own thoughts and their own beliefs that they're just not open to anything else. It's like this closed mindedness that we live within, even though you would think we're a more open minded society and world with our connection points. Exactly. You've got all this social media. You can brush up up against all these different opinions. But the algorithm doesn't want you to brush up against a variety of opinions. It creates like these echo chambers. Right. Confirmation bias to a T. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, I'm not sure how to, how to deal with that in a lot of ways, you know, because I, I recognize I have my own echo, echo chambers as well. When I go out on social media, I have people, I, I know your opinion. I love you dearly, but I don't want it on my newsfeed, you know? Yes. And, and so there's this space of, well, how, how do you negotiate the algorithm? Yeah, I know. I, for a while there, opinions. right. And I don't do a lot on social media for these reasons. Um, but when I am on there, which is about 10 minutes a day, I'll do on Instagram. I don't do Facebook and, you know, I do some LinkedIn here and there. Um, But one thing I've done on Instagram is I just have unfollowed a ton of accounts because if I even get a hit of something where I'm like, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. Or like, that doesn't feel right for me. 
then I don't need to see it. I don't need to consume it. And I'm a very, very big believer of what we consume mentally and what we consume energetically absolutely affects. Yes, it it affects what we then give to the world. So I like to keep that part of me clear, you know, as much as possible. Yeah, I I definitely feel you on that. I my father has moved in with us. He can't live on his own anymore. And so the the flavor of our household has changed substantially because he is a news junkie. Mm. And so I've had a very interesting year of okay, how do I balance his need for a continuing ongoing diet of his favorite news channel mm. uh and not what I want to say, be overwhelmed with the the opinion that comes in. Right. At the same time, it's like, yes, I recognize you have your opinion. And I I miss the days when news was just the facts, (laughs) ma'am. Yeah. You know, I gave up news four years ago for that exact reason, because I realized on my commute when I was reading all kinds of news that I was actually, you know, mentally drained and also moody from that moment on throughout the whole day. And once I gave up news and just said, you know what? And I didn't do it cold turkey. I was just like, eh, maybe just a couple of days a week. I'll, you know, listen I'll to the news, read the news, it and watch see the news. what's going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But after a few weeks, I, it was, I was completely off of it. And I mean, literally, I, it was no longer getting that like breaking news hit. You know, it was like that dopamine like surge. Yeah, it kind of went away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm so glad I, I actually made that choice long before COVID mm-hmm. because can't imagine like all of this stuff going on in the world and then trying to break myself of that habit now or you know last year yeah exactly that's wow so how do we overcome this like silo effect that people are having at this point how do you start to reach across the divide and extend a hand in friendship to somebody else well I, i think that people just have to be more open-hearted and open-minded, you know, and realize like we are one race on this planet. Like we are the human race and we're all here essentially alone, yeah. but together, right? Like we have a mission, each and every one of us, and we're not going to get anywhere in life without each other, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think that the more that people can just look at life from a standpoint of how can they be better or, you know, do better in the world and add more value to humanity rather than like this self-preservationist mentality. Like it's all me, me, me and what people yeah. do to me and what I can do and how I can, you know, how I can make more money, how I can go there, how I can be this, you know, it's like, it is so self-preservationist. And if we actually go the route of actualization of self, that is where we can make a difference, not only in our lives and the lives of we lo- of those that we love and also those that we come into contact with that we don't even know yet, you know? I love that. I read a book and the title of it is like nonviolent communication. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've read that one, but I, I have read through it once and I'm like halfway through reading it again. But the, there are two things I think that are key around this whole reaching across the divide of like radically different opinions. And the first is to know that the fact that someone has a radically different opinion from you does not threaten your survival. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and that it it causes you no harm to listen first right. and to understand first mm-hmm. before you try to make yourself heard or to share a counter opinion or anything like that. 
Yeah. And so the the listening with curiosity, I think, is, is I like actually pivotal. I also think it it comes down to intention, right? As long as you have positive intention or good intention for the conversation that you're going to have with that other person, meaning I want this to turn out well, or at least decent for both them and for me. Yeah. Let's aim for neutral, right? Right. (laughs) And I think that just kind of mitigates the angst that people step into these discussions. And, you know, and if the, if yeah, a lot of times we step in with this, I got to win the conversation, right? Yeah, I got to defend myself. I got to yeah. have my bullet points of what I want to say and how I want to say it. And it's like, that's just, first of all, taking away the authenticity from the conversation, right? Because it's basically planned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but what it's also doing is it's putting the other person on defense too, because they can sense that, you know, they know that that's the energy that you're bringing or if you don't have a positive intent, they can feel it. You know, that is our sixth sense. We know that. Absolutely. So. And and that's part of what we're here about when we're connecting with our authenticity, our sovereign, our highest self, is that energy of the overall intention. Yeah. It's been such a pleasure talking you, to you today, Erin, oh, and we're too. out of time. I'm so sad. <laughs> um, Thank you for joining me. And thank you to all the listeners out there who've joined us in this conversation too today. We love you. We're here to serve you. Uh, If you have any questions, comments about the show, you can send an email to askzofia at transformationspace.co. I love to hear from you, good, bad, or neutral. (laughs) And if you'd like to reach out to Erin, her information is on the speaker's page at sovereignself.media. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Zofia Renea Morales again next week, right here 